This is a CBC Podcast. Hi there, it's Pia. Every Wednesday, we are bringing you a bonus podcast, a handpicked story from the week's round of the Sunday magazine that we really think is worth hearing. Of course, you can hear all of our stories. They're all worth listening to. <laughs> on the full podcast we put out Sunday and on the CBC Listen app. All right, here's this week's highlight. It's a very uncertain time for Canadian media as it faces a number of huge challenges. Newspapers as well as TV and radio numbers are in decline as audiences express news fatigue and distrust. Layoffs in the industry are mounting. And the federal government's Online News Act, referred to as Bill C-18, has led to blocked content on Facebook and Instagram rather than compensation. And I can tell you, we are facing all of that here at your national public broadcaster, with media leaders trying to navigate the future landscape in this time of deep transformation. Well, Catherine Tate is the president and CEO of CBC Radio Canada. Catherine, good morning. It's nice to have you in the studio. Nice to meet you. <laughs> good morning, Pia. It's a del- delight to be here. We will dig into the challenges I mentioned just a bit. But before we do that, I want you to start off by... Just make your case. You've been in charge of this organization for just over five years now. Your term's been extended until January of 2025. Here's the case I want you to make. Why should CBC Radio-Canada exist in 2023 to the tune of about $1.2 billion of taxpayers' money? That's a great question. I would say that um, the case goes like this. First of all, CBC Radio-Canada is the only, the only national news organization in this country. That means coast to coast to coast in English, in French, and eight indigenous languages. So without that national public broadcaster, people in Newfoundland won't be speaking to the people in Gaspé, won't be speaking to the people in Whitehorse. We connect the country in, um, in a really profound way with over 80 uh, stations and communities. Uh, We're present on the ground. And I guess the case is, without it, we would become even more fragmented or polarized that we're already seeing uh, in the country today. Sure, trust in public institutions is down. It's not just in Canada, it's worldwide. But let's be clear, Over 75% of Canadians still consider CBC, Radio-Canada, their most trusted source of news. And that's incredibly important. In a world of disinformation and misinformation, we need to stand strong. Uh, In fact, I would say the case for public broadcasting is stronger than it's ever been. You brought up the number 75% uh, trust CBC. And while you defend the CBC, there are tens of thousands of Canadians you know that are calling to defund us. In an Angus Reid poll that happened um, at the beginning of July, 36% of those polled want the CBC's funding cut off. Now, it's important to say that the majority of those who support defunding us have voted Conservative in the past. That's according to that poll. But not all of them here. There is support to defund across the political spectrum of voters. How did it get to this level? And what responsibility as president and CEO do you take for that? Well, first of all, as I just said, the, um, the issue around trust is not just a media 
um, uh, phenomenon. It's public institutions, it's politicians, it's governments. And as a media company, we are also subject to that decline in trust. And it's been declining really over the last 10 years. And again, not just in Canada, it's a global phenomenon. And uh, my colleague at the BBC, Tim Davey, pointed out um, in a recent conversation that we're living in a time where uh, democracy is actually in decline. We're the, for the first time since the Second World War, we have fewer countries uh, living under democratic um, regimes than ever before. And one of the um, stalwarts for a democracy is independent journalism. And in fact, it's no surprise that there's been a, there's a confluence, the attacks on journalists, the um, online and physical uh, violence against journalism corresponds with this decline in trust. However, it's not just trust. These are calls to defund. And they aren't all about trust. They're, you're, we're not doing a very good job around here. People don't think we're delivering on our mandate. Well, our mandate is very, very complex. First of all, we serve all Canadians. We're, again, we're the only broadcaster in the system that has that obligation, that honour and that privilege to serve all Canadians. And at a, you know, 20, 30 years ago, it was a simpler world. It was radio and television. Um, I sat down with my family on a Sunday and tuned in to a show with them. And the world has changed. Social media, technology, the choice, the platforms, all of that has given us an incredible uh, lens into the world in terms of amazing content. But at the same time, it has had a I would say, a, a, a de-unification <laughs> impact. And so when people say defund the CBC, I understand the frustration around economics and housing crisis and all the issues coming out of COVID that people are suffering. But let's not forget what CBC does in community. And I would say that as, as many people who might say defund the CBC, there are actually many more, in fact, the majority of Canadians who still believe that the CBC is enormous value for their $33 a year. Let's be clear, that's a week of lattes or two months of Netflix. You get for three, $33 TV, radio, streaming, podcasts, this show, Pia. Among the, and I'm not going to surprise you by saying this, among the most prominent voices to defund is federal conservative leader Pierre Polyev. So let's go back to February. This is in an interview you did with the Globe and Mail. You were quoted as calling the defund message a slogan to solicit donations for the Conservative Party and quoted as saying, there's a lot of CBC bashing going on, somewhat stoked by the leader of the opposition. Polyev then responds on Twitter saying about you, Catherine Tate, quote, she launched a partisan attack against me, proving my claim that the $1.2 billion corporation is a mouthpiece for Justin Trudeau. By wading into the political conversation, which the CBC is part of, do you not compromise this public broadcaster's role as independent of politics and government direction? I think it's important to understand that um, I am not a journalist. I do not touch the journalism in this company, as you well know. I I've have never met you till today. <laughs> to make that I have no editorial influence, um, as it should be. The newsrooms operate independently uh, from management. 
The first line of my job description is to advocate for a strong public broadcaster. And so for me, that's what I do. I get up every day and I advocate. And if I feel that uh, people are um, attacking us, I will always be there to stand up and say, here are the 10, the 100 reasons why public broadcasting matters. Except you didn't say that. You said the, the fans were flamed by the leader of the opposition. And all I can say is I truly, truly believe that a country without public broadcasting, in fact, this has been demonstrated in, um, in Europe, that countries that have vibrant, strong, well-funded public broadcasters have a corresponding higher level of civic engagement, democratic involvement, and lower levels of polarization. Recent political polling shows the federal um, conservatives ahead of the liberals, meaning the defunding of the CBC could become a reality if Polly Evans' party for formed the next government. The Conservative Policy Convention was this weekend, and the leader talked about selling off federal buildings and land to build housing, and he said this. You know, it just warms my heart to think of the beautiful family rolling up in their U-Haul to their wonderful new home in the former headquarters of the CBC. <laughs> When you hear that, you think what? I'm just wondering, the former headquarters of the CBC is in Ottawa, so I'm curious to know. We, most of our properties are, aren't currently rented. So um, I, I think that, you know, we're living in a very complicated time. I believe that um, even with teleworking, if you think about it, a lot of our buildings, are we have to rethink how we use our space. Um, and we're now operating in hybrid work uh, formats. So, you know, I really believe that we are an organization in transformation, and there are all, all sorts of opportunities to do more with less. I think his point probably there goes beyond the actual physical mm. replacing of a building. I think, you know, as you heard there from the crowd, they support the de defunding of, of, of the CBC. So if Pierre Polyev and the Conservatives form the next government, there's a real possibility that that might happen. Have you factored in the prospect of funding cuts into your plans for the CBC? And if you have, what other kind of funding models are you looking at? Well, as you, you started the, the program this morning, talking about um, the stresses in the media um, sector, we're not immune to those stresses, even though we have the privilege of the parliamentary allocation, which is an enormous privilege. Uh, we also have financial pressures. The, the, the structure of our business is under enormous pr uh, pressure. Uh, viewers have moved away from traditional uh, platforms and are consuming on digital platforms. As a result, advertising revenue has declined, subscription revenues have declined. So we've, we have been adjusting to that just as other media organizations have. So I don't put in place plans for possible changes of government. That would be, you know, CBC Radio-Canada has been here for 80 years, and I am confident that Canadians, your listeners, will be supportive of, uh, of this organization going forward. And, and we have thrived over 80 years. So, Because there's no, no saying that the Liberals also, if they continue to form government, might not cut, cut our funding. So the question being, like, are you looking at different funding models for us? 
Right, I just didn't finish my thought on the on the cutting. So the issue for us, as you you probably know, the f- uh, federal government recently announced a three percent cut across all government agencies and crowns. So we're subject to that. So we're planning for that, and we're looking at how we can reduce our costs. In terms of funding models, you know, we have been very very successful in transitioning to a digital uh, reality. And so right now, just to be clear, I don't know if your listeners know what our funding model is. Yes, we get that $1.2 billion from from the uh, parliament. And we also have another $500 million that we earn in commercial revenue. And that's a combination of advertising and subscription. And when we've shifted from television advertising dollars to digital, that transition is a little out of whack right now. Digital, we always say, you know, traditional dollars versus digital pennies. That's starting to build up again as the industry shifts. So we're, we've done extremely well in building up the, that new approach, but we're still, um, I would say we're still very much in a transformational phase. So this is a good segue to talk about the Online News Act, which is another challenge for, for you and for this organization and other news media in this country. This is a decision uh, by the federal government. The CBC's corporate stance is in favor of the Online News Act. It's going to require digital companies to pay news organizations like ours for content. Last week, the government put out draft regulation that says compensation for media outlets would be relative to the number of full-time staff. I think we're at about 8,500 in this company, which suggests CBC would get the largest cut. Why does CBC deserve this money? I'm just going to say it's not about the number of employees. It's about the number of journalists. So I just want to be clear. Not all of those people are journalists. I'm not a journalist. Um, but to be clear, let's just step back for a second. What, what is this Online News Act really about? I just want to be, you know, put it in simple language. In the old days, when I was looking for a job in the summer in Ottawa, I went to the classified ads in the Ottawa Citizen, and I found that waitressing job. Hmm. That's how it worked. The, the print newspaper has, has really almost disappeared. And as the uh, news industry moved online... The source of revenue was digital advertising. At the same time, Google and Facebook, or Meta, came into our market. We invited them in, happily. And today, those two companies account for 80% of all digital advertising. That means every Canadian news organization and other companies are sharing 20%. So that really disproportionate um, situation is what the Online News Act is trying to address. Google and Facebook use our news to engage their audiences and to keep us on their sites, and they sell advertising and make tons of money. We're saying, or the idea here, is that if you use the news, pay for it. It's just fair. And so that way, we would be able to invest in more journalism. To the question about should the public broadcaster be part of it, I would say slightly differently. What if the public broadcaster were not part of it? So that would mean that Canadians are subsidizing the the public broadcaster and then giving the news free to Google and Facebook. 
who would make money on. So it would almost be like the Canadian public is subsidizing $2 trillion companies. And meanwhile, the privates, they would have to pay the private news organizations for their news. Is that right? Who would they favor? Well, of course, they'd favor the free news. So the idea here is a level playing field where public, private, and especially small news media outlets benefit. Let's be clear. And in the case of CBC Radio-Canada, I can tell you, Pia, any dollar, and we don't know how much would come from this process, this is all still you know, being discussed, but any dollar that CBC Radio-Canada would get from as a result of Bill C-18, would be reinvested in local regional news. Every single dollar, just as our colleagues in Australia did at the ABC. They, they were able to hire 50 journalists and deploy them into the regions. Here's the challenge as we sit right now. Meta, parent company of Facebook, has um, blocked Canadian news on all, all its platforms, those being Facebook and Instagram, in response to the online uh, News Act. When you were here on the predecessor to this show in 2019, so at the start of your term, they, you were asked about Facebook, and and you said, you know, do you feel you you said, do we feel comfortable with the the findings around Facebook and some of the things they do? Absolutely not. But here's what you said. But the reality is, our mandate is to serve Canadians wherever they are. Canadians are on Facebook. We are not serving them. Well, there. No, that's right. And. Let's just be clear, 80% of Canadians are on Facebook, and 90% of Canadians who live in the North are on Facebook. And that's why we are there. And and just to be clear, we're not serving our news there any right now. Our journalism is not there. Right yeah. now, because we're being blocked. Our other content still is available, the arts programming, books programming, other things. But it is a big problem for us that our news isn't there. And by the way, it's not just us, all Canadian news. Can you imagine a company operating that has such a dominant position in social media in this country and no Canadian news? And so the move now by the CBC and other media outlets is that you've requested Canada's Competition Bureau to investigate Meta's decision. Why that route? Why that approach? What do you hope it's going to actually accomplish? Well, we went and talked to our colleagues at the um, uh, Canada News Media Association and the Canadian Associ Association of Broadcasters. We're not acting alone here. We went in together, which was really important. And basically, our position, as I said, if you have such a dominant role in the market and you control so many eyeballs or access to community and you deny the right of those people to, to be able to access news, we believe that's anti-competitive behavior. And we believe that the Competition Bureau has a role to play in, in, um, in, in responding to Meta and saying, this you can't operate in this fashion. What if it fails? Then what? I really, really believe that the, you know, let's just be clear. Meta's objection to the Online News Act isn't about Canada. It's about the world. And there are similar movements afoot in California, in Europe, to require these large global platforms to give back to the communities that, where they are present, where they are extracting revenue with nothing in return. So I believe 
And I, I think we're going to see it. I know that uh, Google is facing um, an antitrust suit in the United States right now. I think we're seeing a movement at foot, the European Broadcasting Union, for example, where, where countries are saying, hey, wait a minute, we're, we're sovereign nations. These are our people. You can't just roll into town, take out all the money, watch our news business collapse, and not be required to give something back. And we're not asking them. I mean, these are tiny, tiny portions of their total revenues. In the interim, are you worried that Canadians are not being served with their news needs and, and, and to keep a robust, healthy democracy? Absolutely. And especially during what we saw in the summer with the fires in, in, around Yellowknife and in BC, these communities had no access to news. And oftentimes, they, that's how they get the information they need. And we, and absent CBC or other local news, it's a, it creates a vacuum and an opportunity for disinformation or misinformation to flow in. I, I read in one CBC um, report that a woman thought that the, the road was open at 10, but it was the wrong time. That's the kind of thing that really concerns us. And that's why I wrote to, to Meta and urged them Put aside the politics for, for this time. Our country is undergoing emergency measures during a climate, climate change crisis. It's, it said no. And it said no. I'm Pia Chattopadhyay, and uh, the voice you're hearing is Catherine Tate, the president and CEO of CBC Radio Canada. Catherine, let us talk about the workforce. I said that CBC has about 8,500 people employed in all different things, not just journalists, across the corporation. About a quarter of those are temporary workers. For years, they have been talking about the financial and mental toll of that precarity. So when you were here again in 2019, you had said um, to those same kinds of similar staff concerns by saying, quote, our obligation is the culture of the place that allows people to speak up and not to feel precarious or threatened in their jobs. What have you done to meet that obligation considering these ongoing age-old concerns? Oh, I heard it loud and clear. I, one of the things that I do, so as a you know, great privilege, I travel to all our stations across the country, and I hear from um, all the employees, including temporary employees. First of all, just because you're a temporary employee doesn't mean you're not a valued employee. That was That's message number one. But what we did practically is we started to put in place um, programs to support uh, number one, training of temporary employees, but also access to permanent jobs. So we've made a lot of progress. It's incredibly important for us to be able to bring in younger, more diverse, um, uh, uh, new faces into this organization. And, and temporary employees are often the source of that. Hard so, to pay your rent when you're a temporary employee. It's hard to pay your rent in a lot of jobs in, in Canada right now, and we recognize that. And we're working really, really hard to do better. And I think, you know, as we go into our next um, union negotiations, I look forward to those conversations. CBC, um, as you said, and as you said is, is, is really important, exists on many platforms. We juggle TV, streaming, digital, radio, audio, I think there's probably more, in news, sports, arts, so on. We, we, we do offer a lot. The latest public financial report showing all of our key performance indicators, which reflects a period from April through December of 2022, it shows our audience reach is below target on some of the biggest platforms. Is the CBC simply doing too much? 
there is the argument that prioritize, do fewer things better. Well, uh, that's a kind of a two-part. Two that's you, a two-part. You, you go for it. <laughs> so on the below target, uh, what we saw during the pandemic was an incredible lift um, on all our platforms. People were at home. People were really desperate for information. And we went from about 20, 21 million weekly or monthly um, views to our digital sites to 25. We were the most, um, uh, we were the top destination in Canada for news and information during the two-year pandemic period. And because we are always setting goals that are high for us, we hoped very much to keep those numbers up there coming out of the pandemic. And you mentioned it again in your opening, what we saw is fatigue, news fatigue. As people went back to their normal lives, the last thing they wanted to do was sit around and hear more news, especially bad news. So um, that's, that's the question on the target. Do I think we do too much? I think that we are, first of all, I think we're the most fabulous and our people are the most fabulous um, news organization and entertainment organization in the country. And without um, our participation, when you talk about all of those different things, who would do it? And we are unique in that regard. Who would who would produce shows about Canadian books? Who would produce, um, the you know, Still Standing? So we have to we still we have to think about the it's not just a hole that we fill it is a absolute central um, position in terms of, cre- of creative. I was looking at um, the fall season launch, CBC and this is not including Radio Canada. CBC launched forty original shows and four thousand hours of programming. CBC is the only company in Canada operating at that level in terms of Canadian content. Why would we withdraw from that? As long as we can maintain and work within our means, technology is improving and allowing us to have a lighter footprint, I say, let's keep doing the best we possibly can. Let me just go back to the targets, and you might not have the numbers at your fingertips, but what is the target and how well short of that are we falling? Well, first of all, when we set targets, we put a range. And we fell within the range, just to be clear. It's not like we were way below target. It was slightly below uh, within the range. So for next year, we will look and we'll try to keep that number going. But just to be clear, when we're looking at targets, we're looking at um, engagement, we're looking at reach, we're looking at number of people who come to our sites. And one of the issues that we face, I'll take an example. People often say, well, nobody's watching the national. Well, actually, 1.4 million people watch The National every day, but they're not watching it on traditional television. They're watching it on YouTube. They're watching it on their mobile phone. They're watching it on Roku. And one of the issues that we have is that the industry, and this is real insider baseball, so I apologize to the listeners, the industry hasn't caught up. 20% of our audience is watching us on connected TV. They don't count those numbers. So we're a little bit, as I said, we're in a period of transition and transformation. Our audiences are moving to digital. It doesn't mean they're not watching. They're just not watching in the same way they did 20 years ago.
as we've been talking about, and as we set up in the introduction, there is dwindling trust for uh, both the media at large and this specific organization. Your current term uh, as president CEO is set to expire in January of 2025. What steps do you plan to take in the next year and a half to help CBC rebuild, repair its relationship with our audiences? Well, we're doing a lot of things, and um, I guess we just stay really, really focused, and we're working on our next strategic plan. And I'd say the three key messages are proximity, relevance, and trust. So what does proximity mean? (laughs) Proximity, Proximity is geographic. It's being on the ground connecting with community. Um, You know, every holiday season, CBCers and Radio Canadien raise millions of dollars to give back to community. Um, This this past year, we launched a program uh, called Collab, where we work with uh, public libraries. And we're now in 750 public libraries, where we're introducing new Canadians, hard-to-reach younger Canadians, to CBC. We can't assume that everybody grew up on CBC mm. the way you and I did. They don't. They're new. We, we're, we're welcoming 500,000 new Canadians every year. They're coming from countries from all over the world. They don't know who we are. So we really need to work harder. And that's a focus on finding not just the users, the listeners that we have here this morning, but going beyond that and finding the new Canadians and the harder-to-reach Canadians. And that's really going to be my focus. It's been good to hear your vision and your plans, and I appreciate you coming in this morning. Thank you, Catherine. Thank you for the opportunity. Catherine Tate is the president and CEO of CBC Radio Canada. And you can find all the stories we bring you each week on The Sunday Magazine by heading to our website, cbc.ca slash Sunday. I'm Pia Chattopadhyay. Thanks for lending us your ear. We'll talk to you again on Sunday. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.